welcome to the Quinn Show, Logan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So can you just start by telling everyone a little bit of your story, who you are? And is your last name actually Rocket? Yeah, so it's so funny. People ask me that all the time. The other day, someone was like, you know, your name is really cool. Like, is this your real name? And I was like, I know it sounds like a stripper name. It's like, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, it totally does. It reminds me um, of that show Rocket Power. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Maybe no, you're too young. <laughs> okay, well, you should like watch it. It's great. <laughs> um, but Rocket is my mom's name and then Monk is my dad's name. So we kind of just like put the two together. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, so back to who you are. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I was born and raised in Canada, and then I moved to the U.S. when I was 14. Um, so to New York City, where I spent, like, all of high school. And then I went to St. Andrews in Scotland my first year of college. Didn't love it academically, so I decided to switch to USC, which, like, I immediately fell in love with and I just graduated like two months ago so I've just been like experiencing these past few months like not having those like school responsibilities but still feeling like I have school to do and I like continuously wake up in the middle of the night being like oh my god I forgot to study for this test and it's just there's no test there's none of those responsibilities and so it's like definitely this weird adjustment period totally um, well yeah, and I feel like you are kind of like a good nose to the ground of what it's like to be, I don't know, like Gen Z right out of college, kind of like in your sexual prime, if I dare say. Um, and I'm curious, kind of, I know you have like a really interesting story about sex and, and, and an interest in it. So can you talk about that? Totally. Um, so I I remember like all throughout last year, someone like put this thing into my head that was like you need to find a passion you need to find a passion and so I just and someone like my dad <laughs> put that into my head and so I spent all this time trying to find like this passion mm -hmm. and I think just based on like my peers passions and just like what I kind of identified like a passion to be I kind of looked for it in like business or like you know law medicine like whatever mm -hmm. it could possibly be and then I kind of sat down with myself and I was like okay I know that I'm most likely not going to go on this, like, you know, common path. Mm. What is it that I can do that is, like, true to who I am? And I was like, it has to do with sex. Like, I love talking about sex. I love having sex. I love everything that has to do with sex. And for some reason, throughout, like, my entire life, all my friends would come to me with all of their, like, sex questions. Mm -hmm. And I would somehow be able to come up with an answer or find a resource. Um, so that kind of brought me back to like my story when um, I was in high school, I like started having sex, but I started taking antidepressants shortly after. And there wasn't like a large enough period, I think for me to have like understood my body or understood what like good sex was um, until like I started seeing my, my ex, like my long-term ex-boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And through like a lot of trial and error, I realized that like, the antidepressants that I was taking were definitely limiting and hindering my ability to achieve pleasure through sex. And so I did like a ton of research and I reached out to a ton of different types of people. And, you know, I felt really fortunate that I had that network of people to yeah. kind of like talk about what I was going through, but I realized not everyone had that. And I found that there was just such a lack of information available online. 
So I've just been working for like the past year on creating kind of like this destination for people to go to, to receive any type of information that has to do with like sex, female pleasure, sexual dysfunctions, Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully create this like amazing network of sex therapists, um, like a really well curated sex shop, really great blog posts that kind of like deal with every single small or big area that people go through and just like make everyone feel really comfortable. That's awesome. Yeah. I think this area of antidepressants, SSRIs and sex is really like so huge and so many women. I wonder if men experience it too. I I don't know, but I know a lot of my girlfriends have experienced it. Um, Can you just talk a little bit more about it? Like, was it, you know, like, like you weren't in the mood or was it you couldn't get wet? Like what kind of exactly break it down, Logan? (laughs) I will. (laughs) So it definitely started with like a decrease of libido and mm-hmm. I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, am I just like not into him anymore? Is there something wrong with me? Like, why am I unable to like feel like I'm in the mood? And I felt like it really got in the middle and in the way of our relationship because yeah. you know, obviously like being intimate with your partner is a huge component to a relationship. Um, and so after that then I found this like inability to get wet Mm -hmm. and then came the inability to like have an orgasm and -hmm. I was just like wow this is a really really dark road (laughs) either there's like something really really wrong with me like there there has to be a rhyme or a reason and I could not find it online and when I would google like I can't get wet it'd be like well these are symptoms of menopause like am I going through menopause at 18 like is this my is this my life so I think like those were kind of the three things that I noticed at first and I kind of like played around with my medication Mm -hmm. and I found this really great doctor who like had prescribed me something that was newly available and you know it still like isn't easy but I found ways that worked for me and I feel like really lucky to have been able to do that but I realized like not everyone is as fortunate as I am and like with you know hookup culture and being in college like I think you know sex is very much like prevalent in our lives and you know whether it's like a one-night stand you have with someone or you like consistently hook up with someone like if you're unable to enjoy it or if you're unable to like get wet or if you're unable to like feel like you're in the mood then that just like really you know gets in the way and it starts to like make you kind of feel bad about yourself totally yeah and I think like just like I want to kind of dive into this whole area of just like sexual dysfunction and and how we can like literally deal with it um, live. Like if we are like, if we're in college, right, we're drunk at a party, we go home with a guy and either he can't get hard or we can't get wet. Like, what do you say if it's not someone that, you know, really intimately or like, like, I don't know. I feel like we've all been there and it's like, I don't know if it's awkward. It's just like sad and it's weird. Yeah. It's like the whole point of why we're here is to fuck. So what do we do? Yeah. Totally. And then you're like, oh my God, is he going to tell his entire fraternity? Right. This, this, and whatever happened. Like I'm going to have to walk out in the morning the night before and everyone's going to be like, what happened? Um, But I think like one, I, I remember having a conversation with my roommate about this like a few years ago and like she had just recently gotten out of a relationship and she was kind of having these problems, not because she was like on SSRIs or anything, but I think for her, it was like really daunting and intimidating for her to like start seeing somebody new. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought her a vibrator and I said, mm-hmm. okay, this is what you need to do 
go into the bathroom, go into your bedroom, do whatever it is that you need to do until you're able to determine and figure out what works for you. Like you can't expect anyone to please you if you don't know how to please yourself. And I think through that comes this inevitable sense of like comfort with yourself. Mm. And the more comfortable you are with yourself, I feel like that translates into being more comfortable in these types of situations. And so you can kind of just like look at it and say, like, fuck, my life is over. This is so humiliating. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Or you can say, bye. Right. Next time. And kind of just like walk away and be like, snoozy woos. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, we were talking about this that like men must feel so much not only just pressure these days but just like they must feel a little bit annoyed that there's so much like why don't like why don't you make girls come like why didn't you make her squirt like you're such a misogynistic asshole like that she didn't come when the girl herself sometimes doesn't even know how to make herself come so it's like totally it's a lot of pressure and i think also like like you're talking about a lot of girls have long-term boyfriends and they kind of figure it out together. But if you're just in this hookup culture, like you really need to invest in figuring out what works. It'll like pay, it'll be so huge for the rest of your life. Yeah. (laughs) 100%. And I hear all these stories all the time of people being like, I am X years old. And like, I just had my first orgasm. Like I had no idea what to even look for. I had no idea what to even expect. And I'm just like, this is so crazy because you you think you know what it is of course and like you think you've experienced it but you don't actually know until it actually happens but I feel like if you also haven't been in a long-term relationship where you're not completely comfortable with yourself like it's something that you're kind of unlikely at least in my opinion Mm -hmm. to to achieve through like hookup culture right because like 70 to 80 percent of women are unable to have an orgasm through penetration so they have to be stimulated in some other way. And, like, the guy doesn't give a fuck. Give a fuck. Like, he literally is just, like, I'm here for, like, a quick one and done. And you, like, gotta go. I mean, obviously, that's, like, generalizing. But totally. No. From, like, you know, being in college and, like, right. kind of all, like, experienced. I think it's crazy that, like, there's so much hype around sex and flirting and relationships and texting him and waiting to text and become and being attractive and posting thirst traps all this stuff and it kind of boils down to like like clit and penis and like very mechanical things that no one ever talks about so it's like there's all this buildup, right there's like a world of content you can watch about dating about about how to make yourself more attractive and and make your body more appealing and then there's sort of just this like void when it comes to the literal practical like do this then do this yeah Yeah. (laughs) Totally, totally. And I think that comes down to also like the ways in which we were all taught about sex. Mm-hmm. Like I remember sitting in what maybe like six. No, I don't remember like when you start learning about sex, but it's very much like, here's the picture book, like kids come sit in the circle, you know, like the penis goes into the vagina and then the sperm swims and then it goes into the egg. Like it's very much made up in this way of like, you know, to have a baby mm. and obviously like when you're that young they're not going to focus on that but even when I went like into high school no one was talking about like the pleasure that comes from sex once we graduated from this is what sex is right how to be safe how to not get STDs you know how to not get pregnant right happens if you get pregnant or an STD like all of those things and they kind of skip over this like really really essential part of understanding that like there's so much more to sex than that you know whether it's sex with yourself or it's sex with somebody else um, 
and you know obviously that's like nobody's fault but I just think it's about like normalizing these conversations and being able to freely talk about it and not feel like uncomfortable like guys walk around all day long and they say oh yeah like I just jerked off or you know I just like fucked all these girls or whatever whatever and you know there's just such a double standard with women where they're embarrassed to say like oh yeah I just used my my vibrator like I just Mm -hmm. masturbated or you know I had sex with two different people in one week like Mm. you know and I think it's really really hard to kind of get out of that but it's like it's very tricky yeah yeah no I totally agree and I think like um going back to your sex education point like I don't even feel like school was that effective in teaching me how to be safe or in like they spent all this time right like scaring us and being like this is like herpes this is blah 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 but like do you actually know any practical did you actually learn any of the practical information you know about STDs and protection from school like I didn't like not one one thing (laughs) like I remember like just feeling like like fear and like and like weirdness but never like actually like oh okay like this is like how you can get plan b for under 60 dollars this is you know like why people might not want to wear condoms or or how to have that how to like have a non-awkward conversation about like whether your partner has been tested and I mean, it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, totally agree. And I think yeah. like the only thing that I really remember was when I was getting like my HPV shot, mm-hmm. I was so, so scared to get the needle. And the nurse literally showed me a picture of like vaginal, uh, vaginal herpes and said like, do you want this? I was like, no. And she was like, so take the needle and like, get the shot. And I was like okay it was just, I remember being yeah. very very aggressive and like really scary and you know beyond that like if something did happen then you know school or whomever was like teaching it to you didn't necessarily make you feel comfortable to say like okay I'm in this situation how do I handle it how do I navigate you know and, yeah. and it's really important like something that I didn't even realize was like I had a friend who went to Planned Parenthood um like a few months ago just to get like STD tests done mm-hmm. And they said to her, like, no, this is your total, but if you can't afford to pay this, like, you can just pay as much as you want. And, you know, she was like, this is just so incredible. Like, I had no idea that, at, like, Planned Parenthood or, like, other clinics or whatever were, were, like, designed in this way to really, like, be there for you and help you with this, regardless of what your, like, you know, economic background is or what you can pay or what, you know, insurance you have and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think even pushing it one level further, like, why isn't um, sexual health care or, like, those kinds of, like, getting an STD test, getting an abortion, whatever, like, that should be more, um, like, capitalism should go to work on those things. Like, we should have, like, a dry bar for abortions or, like, I'm not making any moral judgment, but I'm just saying people would pay for that, right? Like, a nicer experience for these things that are, like kind of uncomfortable like I would love to have a true professional like help me make sure all of my sexual business is in order you know and like make it easy and like make it comfortable that is a huge space in the market right but all of the laws and regulations and stigma and everything make it really hard to make good solutions for women and like yeah thank god for Planned Parenthood but we can do better than Planned Parenthood we can do better than like you know somewhere we have to walk through a metal detector and like you know it looks like a YMCA yeah yeah seriously and like I think you know it comes down to like where you grew up for sure like what type of resources are available and like the types of people that were in your life like I 
relied my gynecologist was like my friend mm. throughout high school and like she even came to speak at my high school like I invited her to be on a panel for something and like she was just this amazing amazing person and like mentor that I looked up to and I really felt like I could talk to about any of these questions or any of these problems and she was like you know like just kind of walking me through everything mm-hmm. that maybe like I wasn't necessarily comfortable talking to my parents about or comfortable talking to my friends even about mm-hmm. and I just really felt like safe that I had this amazing person but then you think like you know I am definitely like really really privileged to have been able to have that and not everybody has that experience so it's like where do the majority of people kind of turn to Right. And I would even say, like, you see that in really high income areas, young women are still relying on Planned Parenthood, you know, so like Mm -hmm. even in Manhattan or L.A., like women will get their primary, you know, gynecological care from Planned Parenthood, which is crazy to me. Right. Because these people have dermatologists, these people have plastic surgeons and they're going to Planned Parenthood to get an STD test. So there's something wrong with that equation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, 100 percent. Yeah. And it just, like, it makes me so upset. So what do you feel like are, like, attitude, like, in hookup culture at USC or whatever, like, what were the attitudes towards sex? Like, were people feeling very, like, experimental or is it still super, like, like, I don't know, bad (laughs) sex? Um, I guess you can't speak for everyone. What was your experience? Yeah. Totally. I definitely, I had a unique experience because I like had a boyfriend basically all throughout college. Mm -hmm. So, and this was like my boyfriend from high school. So it was, or from like 12th grade. So it was like very comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think even just like hearing stories from my friends, like their hookup culture very much does exist at USC for sure. And it's not all like, you know, one night stands and people like feeling uncomfortable or not feeling safe. Like it's, it's not just like what the portrayal often is like when you know you when you watch like those documentaries or whatever um (laughs) that are like really scary um but I think I think a lot of it is just like I do think a lot of it surrounds like drinking and going out and like Mm. going home with somebody whether you talk to them again or not like you know isn't really a thought at times um but it's definitely like the definitely like a harder question for me to answer just because I didn't experience it there but just kind of like looking from like looking from like a bird's eye view Mm -hmm. I definitely was very lucky and very happy that I had my boyfriend at that time just because I kind of like avoided all of that stress that like my friends were constantly going through like is he gonna text me is he not gonna text me which you know is still a reality that we all face like regardless how old you are regardless like what phase of life you're in um but I think Wait, so you had this like boyfriend for all of college? Basically, yeah. We wow. were on and off. Um, we were on and off, like, towards the end of college. And then my senior year, I wasn't with him. Um, okay. But then I was, like, living off campus. And mm-hmm. so I kind of, like, wasn't really immersed into that whole USC life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, because I grew up in New York, especially – hookup culture between high school and college like I didn't see that those that many differences like there were so many similarities and like I was single in high school primarily and so like I had experienced that and gone through that and I felt like okay you know I'm ready to have a boyfriend like I don't feel like I'll be missing out on you know those types of things um did you ever think, feel think, like at a party like seeing a hot guy like oh like I kind of wish I could hook up with it like so someone <laughs> totally not in a way of like 
I don't right like right. I, I don't want to be with my boyfriend but just in a, like a way that I'm curious and I was just like you know there's so much out there and like I'm so young and I feel like especially for like what my passion is <laughs> it's so important to have experiences and it's so important to experience different things and have like those moments with different types of people who have you know different preferences and like I just love to learn, like, especially when it comes to sexually. <laughs> that sounds so weird. But, like, I just think that there's so much to learn. And it's really it's fun. To, like, yeah. have those experiences. <laughs> and I think it's also, like, oh, like, you've had sex with this many people. Like, you're a slut or you're this or you're that. But I look at it and I'm just, like, I don't know what difference it makes whether, you know, you've had sex with two people or you've had sex with, like, 25 people. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think, like, anyone should be looked at differently or, like, judged based on that. Like, I think it all just comes down to... Do you know how many people life. you've had sex with? <laughs> yeah, I write down every single person. <laughs> and you're, like, in, in <laughs> notes? <laughs> Where do you put in it? In notes, yeah. <laughs> in my notes. Literally under people. <laughs> do you put, like, I a... It's more, it's more, like, a peace of mind. Like, I have, like, the date that I lost my virginity, like, when I was in... You know, when I was, like, much younger and I was, like, oh, this person, like, we've been together for three months. And then as I got older, I was just, like, yeah, this is more so, like, a safety thing. <laughs> to, like, make sure everything's good at all points. Do you leave, like, do you put, like, a note about them? Or do you just, it's just the name? Um, no, it's just the name. But I actually was, like, like adding something the other day. <laughs> I was going through. And I was, like, oh, my like who is this person like I didn't remember what their name I didn't remember what their last name was I was thinking I was thinking I was thinking I was like oh yeah then there <laughs> but I wow. like totally forgot who this one person <laughs> that's kind of like a funny name. rule like you have to know the person's last name but so many people don't even know yeah. the person's first name I feel like first name just get to first name and then <laughs> oh yeah I mean one of my best friends she was out the other night and she like met this guy and she went back to his house and then like woke up in the morning and he was texting her and she literally was like what i have no idea what his name is and <laughs> thankfully like iMessage has the um like maybe and <laughs> whatever their name could possibly be and she was like thank god and she was asking all of her friends she was like was he cute like where did he live like what did he look like <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, the maybe is is so helpful. Or even when it does says like sometimes it doesn't say maybe, but it just says the initials at the top. Do you know what I'm talking about? It'll be like A D or whatever at the top and it doesn't Yeah, it's a picture. Or oh wait. Sometimes people have their own photos. That's always weird when people have like their emoji like as their emoji or whatever as their contact photo. <laughs> It's a red flag, yeah. Um, I I learned this trick that's now my new obsession where basically if you see someone like watching your stories from a burner, you put it, you go, you go add account, you put forgot your password, like add account is in like log into another account, you put forget your password, put in the username and it tells you what the email is associated with that username, okay? And so I've been doing this. It is the most revealing fucking thing you need to do it like it's your private so it doesn't work but yeah I know but like oh my god no I don't want anyone to expose me (laughs) (laughs) and so I'm like who is I'm like who is like it's like it only does the first letter and then it does the last letter and then it puts stars in between so you'll get like 
S star, 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 R at gmail.com. And you have to be like, who is this? <laughs> like, and you do. Yeah. So it's such a fun game. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, wait, so now are you single or are you still with this man's? <laughs> no, I'm single. I've been single since, I mean, him and I broke up in August. And then I was like seeing um, a person like for a little bit and then kind of just been doing my own thing. So what are your best breakup recovery tips other than getting a vibrator? Um, I've definitely been through my fair share of breakups and they definitely do not get easier every time. <laughs> but I think, I think like what really just got me through like all of the, the heartbreak that I've gone through are just like my friends. And I feel so lucky to like have them throughout those moments. And my friends, my mom has been always been like really amazing with all that um and I love breakup playlists I just like go in my car I give myself like an hour to be upset I blast like the most sad songs I drive like like on like down the PCH or something and then come back home and I'm like okay I'm done it's over there's nothing I can do now where do you stand on blocking your ex I'm very pro like (laughs) you are yeah I believe in blocking Um, anyone and everyone that you don't like (laughs) really I don't know I I don't know I think if it was messy or like if he you know had like cheated on me or done something like really really hurtful I'd block him there's this great sex in the city quote someone says like um like it's not a competition with your exes and Samantha just goes like yes it is of course it's a competition it's a competition to see who's gonna die sad and alone and it's like and I was like or who's gonna die like more sad and more alone and it's so fucking true like that's why I have to block people because it's like there is an implicit converse or competition between the two of you of like who's doing better like you're saying like it's like you know Totally. totally and even like with the people you know, post my ex who like still meant a lot to me, you know, I would never, it's like a little bit different, but it's like, I would never, you know, wish like anything bad or like, I just want them to be happy. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if they move on, which, you know, they most likely will, like, I just, I don't want to see it. I don't want to be a part of it. Like you yeah. do your thing and leave me the fuck out I want no <laughs> parts of that. Yeah. No part. No part at all. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> But totally. that's definitely hard when you like see something for the first time and you're like, ah. yeah, it's pure pain. Definitely I, hard. yeah. And it's hard when like your friends, they're like, I just felt obligated to tell you, like, he's seeing someone new and I met her and I, I kind of liked her. And you're just like, I literally, I could murder you like right now. Like, Who's sad are you on? Who's sad are you on? <laughs> I think the thing that stings the most is like deleting of Instagram pictures. Which is so <gasps> petty and immature. But I'm just like, and of course, it's like the one day, like six months later, like, oh, I wonder how he's doing. You go through and you're like, where, where, where did these go? And then they keep the picture, but they delete the caption. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That's psychotic. Yeah, delete the whole thing. Like, actually, so mean. I got to be honest. I, I am I am guilty of the archiving. Okay. It's all it's it's in my archive, so in theory I can bring it back if it's ne- if necessary. But I think I my ex like right my most recent ex I haven't checked to see if he's archived. I literally the day we broke up I blocked him and I don't I literally I just don't want to see it. It's gonna make me sick. So I just I have no yeah. interest. <laughs> Good for 
for you. I wish I had the strength to do that. <laughs> I need like a little bit of time and then I get to that point where I'm just like fuck you. <laughs> no. Okay, but do you want to hear I no, tell me. Do you want to hear a crazy thing? So, like, now my friends are starting to get engaged, like, probably three, four years older than me. And it's like one friend got engaged, and then my other friend dated this person briefly in college. And she was like, This is so crazy that this girl is marrying my ex. Like, that is just a crazy thing that you can literally, like, someone that you thought you were going to marry, right, then goes on and marries someone else. I mean, I, I know it doesn't oh, yeah. sound groundbreaking, but it's truly, like, such a no. fucking trip. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Even when you hear that, like, your ex is hooked up with someone else, you're like, right. oh, <laughs> my God. And then I try and think about myself. I'm like, okay, well, why am I negated from that situation? Like, why is what I've done okay, but what he's done is not okay? And then I'm like, Because okay. it's him, yeah. <laughs> totally. And I'm like, Logan, like, we need to have a moment with each other and just chill the fuck out. <laughs> Um, so I'm curious from like your perspective, what are kind of like the holes in the market as far as like sex products for young women? Like I know that you're talking about kind of creating this curated blog and 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 shop and stuff, but like what do you feel like like young women need that they're not getting? Is it just more information? Is it, you know, better porn, better vibrators? Like what kind of is it everything? Yeah. Um, I think my first thing, because I've just like put the most time into kind of understanding the market or vibrators, which are like my favorite thing on the planet. And I'm like the, the biggest proponent of them. Um, but I do like I have noticed a lot of flaws. And I think my first one starts with like their price points. Because mm. there's like two ends of the spectrum. I think one is like you can go to CVS and buy, you know, some small little vibrator. Or you can go to a curated shop like Pleasure Chest, for example, which is like in LA and New York. And there's a plethora of, you know, different options, but they they range from so many different prices. And a lot of them are just like not affordable to the majority of women. And beyond that, you obviously can't try out a vibrator and then bring it back and return it. So it's like That's a really good point. Do. <laughs> like, do you want something that, you know, stimulates your clitoris? Do you want something that like penetrates? Do you want something that emulates like, you know, when someone like goes down on you? Like there's so many different types. Or like and then something that I was also struggling with was like I, you know, live in LA with two of like my closest friends, but like our rooms are very close to each other. So it's like, you know, no one's gonna enjoy their time if you're thinking about like, can they hear me? Can they hear my vibrator? So right. it's like you know, the smaller vibrator you go in terms of like the battery size, which makes the least amount of noise, that then decreases like how hard it works. Right. So it's like you can't win. So I think if something was created that kind of was able to like pinpoint all of those things in terms of like being in the middle between, you know, like a cheap shitty vibrator and like a really, you know, great expensive one, but also had the capability for like someone to try out and maybe like alternate the heads or like, you know, try multiple speeds or like whatever it is um or like different battery sizes and so i think that's definitely something that like i have not been able to find in the market mm -hmm. um and then i think too like pornography and mm -hmm. which is why like i love what quinn stands for and like what you guys do because for so long i saw like so many problems with porn purely based on like the way that they depict relationships and yeah. the way that it depicts like sex you know, not everyone likes being choked. Not everyone likes having someone come on their face. Like, 
you know, there's obviously different, like, <laughs> there's different sections, but I feel like the majority of it is, like, really, really vulgar and, like, just really, really scary. And, you know, it, it definitely caters more towards men because I think mm-hmm. porn, like, this idea of porn is, like, something a man can only enjoy. So I think also creating, like, other types of um, ways or, like, other types of resources for women to use to kind of, like, assist with, like, pleasuring themselves. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I think those are, like, the two main things that I've really been focusing on. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, what's interesting to me about the vibrator market, it's, like, you've really had one standout winner of, over the past, I don't know, 50 years with the Hitachi Magic Wand. Like, other, and that yeah. wasn't even designed to the be a vibrator, closet. right? Yeah. And yeah, so it's, like, closet. yeah. And I think that's really interesting that you have – um you know, all of these young companies trying to make something that will resonate and be kind of that staple vibrator. And it's really hard, right? Like you said, I mean, there are, there are lots of different options, but ultimately like the anatomy of the vagina, like you need a, it's, it's hard. It's hard to make something that works for everyone that people will tell their friends about. Um, and really? like people, something that people are comfortable having on their nightstand or in their drawer or whatever that they want to clean and deal with and charge and all that bullshit. So it's like, I think totally. it's, it's a it's really charging. tough challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Charging is a disaster. Totally. Charging is such a bitch. Or like when it dies halfway through and you're just like, <laughs> every, every like women's body, like every vagina is so different. Right. Whereas, you know, you don't you don't know like what you're going to like, whether it's like penetration or like oral sex or Mm -hmm. any of those other things. And so it's just like really, really hard to cater towards a woman and or a woman and a woman, a woman woman in her needs because there's just so many different directions you can go in. Yeah. That is, I think that's kind of the crux of the issue. It's like, what, what would make, a particular vibrator like go viral or be or resonate with with the majority of women it's almost an impossible task because every single woman is so different and yeah I mean I think that is actually like such a good such good food for thought um and actually like you know the like hot tub jets or like shower faucets and stuff like that's been kind of like like the pressure of water, right? Women have been using that for decades to get off. So that's kind of interesting is that yeah. that's sort of like, or like electric toothbrushes, I guess that's the same as a vibrator, but I don't know. It's like, and no one talks about, right? Like how women need to like rub their clit against something or, or, you know, like I, I genuinely know zero women who could come from just penetration. Like you're talking about, it's, it's like literally uh, not a thing, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I always tell my guy friends, I'm like, if you think that every single girl you've had sex with has had an orgasm, like, think again. Because <laughs> it's just, there's like incredible actresses. <laughs> like, but it's just, it's not the truth. And it's like important to, to accept and normalize also. Like, you know, I feel like sex was always determined, like, like sex was finished when like the guy came or like when the girl came. But sometimes it's, about way more than that and it's about like being intimate with someone like it's I feel like it's so rare for a girl to come every single time she has sex Mm -hmm. if she does like let me know and give me some of your tips but it's just like you know it's there's so much more that goes into it totally yeah and I think I mean this is interesting what do you think about normalizing like okay so the guy finishes and then the girl like should guys should we try and normalize like in hookup culture right like 
the guy trying to get the girl off or the girl masturbating like after the guy is finished or do you think that's like an impossible goal that no that guys will just like they're in such like a post-nut zone they'll never be able to deal that's interesting I mean I think like also breaking it up could work like you know Mm -hmm. you have sex and then you pause and then you like focus on the girl Mm -hmm. and then you focus on the guy or like vice versa but I guess yeah it'd be like the post-nut situation where they're like oh I need to go to bed now but I think also like as I've gotten older the majority of people that I've like been around towards like the end of college or post-college like they've really prioritized me and like my needs and desires which I think it was just such a shock to me I mean my ex was very much like that but like just you know throughout high school or from what I've heard like with my friends and with him I was really comfortable so I like you know didn't obviously think twice about it but since you know I've been single and like seeing other people and whatever I'm like wait what and they're like yeah like I can't like come until like you do and I'm like wait (laughs) what like, are you sure? Right. And then it's like, that's where what we were talking about earlier comes in where it's like, okay, well, this is how to make me come. You know, it's like, that's when your, yeah. your train, your masturbation and your vibrator like come in handy and you're like, oh, well, I know exactly what you have to do. And then everyone feels successful. Right. Because the guy is like, oh my God, I'm amazing. And the girl's like, I knew that would work. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also you're like, fuck yeah. Like I know my body so well. Like I know right. it works. So like, oh, I just discovered this new thing. Like, I don't know. That's why I really think. Like, I'm the biggest supporter of female masturbation. I think everyone on this planet should have a vibrator. I mean, every female body person on the planet should have a vibrator and just, like, really take advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, like, it's um it's interesting because men, right, like, touch themselves from the time they're, like, eight years old. And women, usually, yeah. like, they're masturbating for the first time in college, you know? So it's really, I mean, obviously not us, but, like, you know, other women. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's kind of a huge shift because going into sex with a man, you have to realize, like, this person knows how to make themselves orgasm, you know? And that's mm-hmm. kind of an unequal playing field to be on if you don't know. Um, yeah, and that's totally. kind of And I think it could be intimidating, like, for the guy as well because they're like, oh, like, you know, you know what works. And then they get frustrated if they can't, like, you know, do whatever it is that you need them to do. And I think then sometimes it gets, like, messy. And so it's just, like, you know, normalizing. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But there's so much more to that. Like, I, like, me, myself, I just, like, love being, like, intimate with someone, especially if it's someone that I care about. Of and course. And, like, I don't really care if, like, you make me down or not. <laughs> and... Um, it's just like talking about it more. Like you shouldn't feel like you have to hire your vibrator, like what you were saying. Like you mm-hmm. should feel like you could just leave it on your bedside table. You know, you should feel like you're able to like have conversations with your girlfriends about it or be able to like, you know, go into a store and ask questions and not be intimidated. Like I, you know, I understand that like everyone's personality is different, but I think if it was just normalized and if it was talked about more, then that would just like alleviate all this pressure that surrounds this whole topic. And what do you, what would you say like to guys, like as a good like mindset or attitude going into a hookup? Like, what do you, what do you think they should kind of like tell themselves before, before? I think it's just like, go with the flow. And like, you know, if it happens, it happens. And if not, it's not, it's like really not the end of the world. And I think the second you put pressure on it, that's when frustration comes and that's when it doesn't happen. (laughs) Like every time I'm thinking about it and then I'm like, oh my God all this pressure it's like it never happens yeah and you know you can't like blame yourself you know there's so much more that goes on maybe you're like having a bad day or maybe like your mind won't stay still or Mm -hmm. you know and then 
guys often say like, oh, well, you know, something to do with me. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, there's just so much more. Totally. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. I feel like I know, like, you know, I, I feel like I have a good handle on the hookup culture, the hookup scene, even though you were in a relationship for all of college. And I'm just so grateful for you joining me and telling me, you know, more about your experience. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so great. Yeah, this was so fun. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sorry. I forgot one more thing. Where can people find you to stay tuned on oh. your project and everything? Yeah. Totally. So I'm launching my Instagram like next week, I think. Um, I don't know when this is going to come out, but we've like been working on our promo video and like our landing page. And so all of that will hopefully be ready. I mean, it is ready, but it needs to be like finalized. So um, I think we can just cut and say it will be ready next week. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the handle? Or you don't have it yet? Oh, it's called Think Please Me. The company's called Please Me. Think Please Me. Got it. Great. Thank you so much, Logan. Thank you.